In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our text for today is the Gospel reading from Mark 7, which you've already heard. Jesus gives, or sorry, St. Mark rather, gives us a travel log of sorts for Jesus, kind of giving us where he's been and where he's going. And he mentions here this. He says, Then Jesus returned from, Tyre, from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. The important thing to note about this is, first of all, this is Holy Scripture. The Holy Spirit saw fit to preserve it for our learning and for our understanding, certainly. But the most important thing about this travel notice in particular is the fact that Mark lets us know that Jesus is in Gentile territory. This is incredibly important for us as Christians today. I've said this before, but I'm guessing that not many of us have Hebrew blood that flows in our veins. And yet here we have our Lord Jesus among non-Jewish people, among people like us who are not heirs of the law and all of the Old Testament that it gives directly. This passage reminds us that Jesus is our Lord as well as the Lord of the Hebrew people. This is why St. Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, to the Gentile, to you and to me today. Jesus is the Savior of all men. This is why we confessed in the creed just a minute ago that Jesus for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. Jesus is our Savior as well. And as Jesus is in Gentile territory, a man is brought to him who is deaf and had a speech impediment. And this man's friends beg Jesus to lay his hands on them. Here's the evidence that we actually need a Savior, like Jesus, to come among us. This man is deaf. He has a speech impediment. And that shows the extent of the working out of the curse of the fall into sin. Sometimes I think we make the mistake of relegating sin to simply those things that we do with our hands or say with our mouths or think with our thoughts that are against the commandments of God. But sin is more encompassing than what we do against the Ten Commandments. It is also a condition that has brought ruin into our lives. This is why St. Paul says the wages of sin is death. It isn't simply that our, our sins lead directly to death. As soon as you sin, you die. But instead, death manifests itself in our bodies and in the creation in a multitude of ways. So, for instance, go back to the Garden of Eden. God had warned Adam that eating the forbidden fruit would bring death. And then finally, when he ate of it, the curse was unfolded even farther. For women, pain in childbirth, rivalry, 
between husbands and wives over who would have the final say in the authority. For the man, a ground that would no longer yield its strength and that we would only eat bread by the sweat of our faces. The curse is much more than death, but it is also no less than death. Everything evil that we experience in our bodies is simply a working out of death over time. So in catechism, when you learned about the three uses of the law, and you heard about the curb, the mirror, and the guide, and you heard that the mirror showed you your sins, your pastor may have also said that in that mirror you can see the world behind you. And you can see the evil as it's worked out around you, and you can know why that is. Why do bad things happen? Because of the condition of sin that has descended upon all mankind and is even felt in the creation itself. This is what Jesus, our Savior, steps into today. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, Jesus put his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, touched his tongue, and looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Now, Mark doesn't give us a reason behind what Jesus does here. If you look at the miracles of Jesus, there aren't very many of them that are alike. Some of, in one of them, he makes, he spits and makes a little bit of mud and puts it on the eyes of a blind man. In other cases, he simply lays his hand or speaks a word. In this case, we have the putting the fingers in the ear, the spitting and the touching of the tongue. Mark doesn't really tell us why he does these things. Some think that this is perhaps to show that Uh, Jesus has no simple formula for performing miracles that we would try to emulate and repeat today. That we do not have the same power to heal that Jesus does. However, I've also heard that Jesus, in putting his fingers in his ears and by spitting and touching his tongue, Jesus is speaking to this man in a sort of a sign language. A way to communicate with this man without words. It is interesting that in American Sign Language, to look up to heaven is the sign for prayer. But regardless of that, just as Jesus came into Gentile territory, now we see Jesus taking care of someone with a grave disability. Jesus has come to this Gentile man who is deaf and mute in order to pull back the curtain for him and to show us what things will be like in the resurrection. It is interesting that in our text for today, there's only one word that is recorded that Jesus speaks. And that word is ephaphtha, that is an Aramaic word for be opened. And it seems that it is at this moment when Jesus speaks this word that this man is suddenly able to hear and to speak. With this word, with this word of power, 
that opens this man's ears and allows him to speak, Jesus shows us that he is the God of all creation and that his creation must obey his word. So just as surely as God said, let there be light and there was light, this man said, be, uh, Jesus said to this man, be opened and his ears were opened and his tongue was loosed. This is a glimpse of what we can expect on the last day. But I want you to consider how Christ still operates among us today with this same word of power. He says to you in baptism, you are mine. He said to you a few minutes ago, your sins are forgiven. And they really are forgiven. He will say in a moment of the bread and the wine on the altar, this is my body and this is my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And it is so. Jesus speaks. Jesus preaches to us today through his word and what he says is so. His word is efficacious. It does what he says it will do. Now, here comes the strange part of this text. Jesus charges them to tell no one. And the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they're astonished beyond measure and saying that he has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute to speak. Jesus' insistence that the onlookers not draw attention to this miracle shows us what's really important to Jesus. It's not that healing this man was not an important issue, but the main thing for Jesus is the preaching of his word. This is why St. Mark took such great care to preserve the word that Jesus spoke to this man. You see, dear saints, the word that Jesus speaks stands behind everything he does. It is by his word that the heavens and the earth were made, and it is by his word that this man was healed. How can his word have such power over death? Well, we know that Jesus is God, certainly. But he is also the one who has redeemed us by death and by his blood. His death has conquered our death. And this miracle that we have heard about today from St. Mark's Gospel simply confirms our Savior on his road to the cross. This miracle is a down payment of what Jesus must do at the cross. And now for us, because he did go to the cross, Jesus now has the authority to speak to you on the last day to raise you up from your grave, to open your ears, to loose your tongue, all that you would sing his praises. This Jesus, dear saints, has come among us today to serve us, to roll back the curtain of death and the curse of sin that has descended on all of us. He opens our ears that we would hear his holy word, and he looses our tongues that we would sing his praises. And on the last day, he will speak to us and call us up from the grave. And on that day, when the dead will rise, they will rise incorruptible, 
to be in his presence forevermore. This Jesus has done all things well. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.